All right, welcome to the Biblos Network. We're glad that you have decided to join us here tonight. God is great. He is greatly to be praised. We have just come out of a weekend of services where God has poured out his spirit in a dramatic and powerful way. And I trust that the same is happening where you are. It is a good day to be serving God. I pray that you are enjoying the blessings of God where you are. And I I pray that you are enjoying the Biblos Network. We try very hard to, to contend for the truth of the Word of God, to edify the church, to help people. One of the things we hoped to do with Biblos was to provide the apostolic world with a pocket Bible study teacher so that the person says, I don't have time for a Bible study. They do now. You can, And if you say, I'm not qualified to teach a Bible study, you can send a link and say, watch this. This is what we believe. This is something that might be able to help you. So I pray it is a blessing to you, and we're glad that you're here with us today. I am here with a young minister here at FPC and TDV, but Sam Galindo, he is the he is the son of Pastor Galindo, who is the pastor of the Spanish Church, and he is here to help me talk about some great things. Good to have you, man. Glad to be here, sir. <laughs> um, one of the things I wanted to I wanted to ask you about and talk to you about and just kind of bounce some things here off one another for the Biblos audience from the perspective of a young minister. I wanted to talk about religion. When I say the word religion, what do you think? What what does the word religion bring up in your mind? Uh, I would probably say in when the word religion is used, I would think of a denomination or a way of thinking or a way of being uh, in some relation to a um, whether it be Christianity or any other way of belief. Yeah, a common thing that people say in the world today is, I don't believe in religion. And one of the thing that, things that aggravates me is when someone asks us about our faith and they, they'll say, well, that's against my religion, not even knowing what it is they believe. And then there's people that'll say, you know, it's not about religion, it's about an experience with God. Non-denominational seems to be a popular term in the last several years. But let's see what the Bible says. This is found in the book of James. James chapter 1 and verse 22. Here's what James said. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholdeth himself, and he goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So we're talking about doing, we're talking about deeds, we're talking about not just hearing, but doing. Then we get to verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious 
and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Pure religion. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Pure religion. So I wanted to take a minute and share this with our audience. I wanted to bounce it off of you and kind of get your thoughts on it from a young minister's perspective. That word religion in its English form here comes from a, I can't remember if it's Latin or Greek. I want to say it's Latin. might be Greek. But the word has a, has a prefix, re, re, which means again, or to do something again. And then ligi is the root word for ligament, to re-ligament or to reattach a ligament. Religion, in that sense, etymologically, means to put something back together again that once was whole. And there is a pure religion. There is a, a pure bringing together versus a corrupt bringing together. You ever looked at it like that before? I can't say that I have. No. No. One of the things that helps, it helped me as a young minister, was to break things down etymologically. To look at a suffix, or rather, I'm sorry, a prefix, like re. And ligi, you know, you, you assume it's just one word, religion. Oh, it just means your beliefs or your dad's beliefs, your grandpa's beliefs, your grandma's beliefs. But there's a far deeper concept there to reattach the ligaments. Well, what ligaments? Well, your body has ligaments. No, so you're, you are in the medical field. Yes, sir. Um, what do ligaments do? They connect things. They hold things together. Um, mm. Provide structure. Mm, mm, mm. You ever have to deal with them at all in your field? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, oh, you, you do surgery and stuff, don't you? That's correct. Yes, sir. So you got to snip things and reattach yes. things. and Seen it all. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay, so you would have intimate knowledge then of ligaments and how they work with skeletal, the, the skeletal frame. So bones and ligaments work together. So ligaments hold bones together. Correct. So it's like what, the straps? Yeah, that's a good way to think of it. They are they are keeping you together. Mm. Holding it together. Holding it together. All right, so let's dive in right there. To visit the widow and the fatherless. The widow and the fatherless. And those of you that are watching this, I'm talking about ministry. I'm talking about how the kingdom of God operates. The widow has been cut off. Her husband has, has died. And so now she is estranged, particularly in that society. If your husband died in that society, it was a, you know, there was no safety net. There was no societal, you know, uh, program there to help a widow. So oftentimes a widow had to have a son, had to have 
some kind of familial structure, you know, go back to her father's house or maybe relatives help her because in that, in that time, you know, she's in danger. There's very few options available to a woman that does not have a, a structure. Now, you know, it's not how it is today. A woman can go out and get a job and, and can make it financially. But in those days, there were very few options available. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah were in such dire straits in the book of Ruth. Because Naomi's husband dies, uh, Melon, Chilion, which are Ruth and Orpah's husbands, they die. All three have now been cut off. And so in some sense, it's like a body. Now you're disjointed. Now now it's not working. I, I remember when I tore my anterior cruciate ligament and I was playing basketball. I, I landed awkwardly and I felt a snap in my knee. And um, when I got up, my my leg was sloppy. Like I went to plant my foot and my knee slipped. I had never felt that before. It was out of order. It was out of joint. So you know, understand that medically. Yes, sir. Is that orthopedics? Is that what they call it? Yes, it plays into orthopedics. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, so what that is physically, this idea of disenfranchised people, separated people, traumatized people, the widow, the fatherless. So the fatherless is the same thing. The dad's died. And or the dad's left and abandoned, and the social structure that was supposed to be there to help him, he he now doesn't have it. So now cut off, separated from the body, the nation. You know, the Bible took care that this didn't happen. So if if a man died, his brother was supposed to come and marry the wife of the dead brother and raise up seed unto him that his name die not in Israel. So you're supposed to reattach that ligament. You know, if a woman did not have that male heir, many times they couldn't inherit land because in that inheritance would usually flow through the male. So now husband dies the, so that the name doesn't die. The land is not lost. The promises of uh, the land of the promised land continues down the lineage the brother's supposed to come in and raise up seed to his dead brother so that the ligament remains attached, so to speak. Yeah. And I'm not talking about bodies. I'm talking about a nation. I'm talking about a people. But there are social structures that hold it together. So have you ever heard somebody say, I'm about to lose it. I can't hold it together. Where have you, like, you know, you you helped your father in Red Bluff. You help him at... Uh, Tabernacular de Vida, you help us here at FPC. You've seen people just about ready to lose it? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. I've seen the proverbial knee slip. Yeah. Yeah. When it was lost. Yeah. So you you watch people just about ready to snap. Yes, sir. So you see the analogy? Absolutely. How do you think a young man can begin the process of preparing to reconnect? Reconnect people to the body. And I'm talking about the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think engagement is is a great way. There has to be a, a, an engagement with the the structures. Um, you know, tendons. If it's not connected to the bone already, 
it can't connect to the other one and do its job. So in that way, you've got to be engaged with what we have going on here, what the church has going on, before I can even begin the process of reaching out to connect to somebody else. So I would say the first step would be to make sure I'm aligned with what the church is doing, make sure I'm involved in the mission, make sure I'm involved with what my pastor's mission is, what his you know vision is for the church. And at that point, I can start the process of reaching out and begin the connecting of one bone to another. But if I'm not grounded first, it makes no good, you know, it's, it makes, does no good to connect to another bone if I'm not already grounded. Very good. So you got to be attached. I got to be attached. Well, we do that. You know, one of our things in our, in the net ministry is we want a person to be attached in at least five different ways. We want them to be attached to their age group, be attached to a ministry, be attached to a Bible study teacher, be attached to a mentor, um, and then other other dynamics where they can we can hopefully attach them. The more attachments you make, the more the possibility that they're going to stick. Stronger they are. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so this is all said in the context of do the word. Mm-hmm. Don't just hear the word. Stop talking about it. What do they say? I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. Got to be about that it. with this generation. That's what it says. <laughs> so the way I see that play out, one of the most profound administrations of this is Bible studies. I love Bible studies. Mentorship, to take a young man who doesn't have a father, or maybe the father is absentee or has great troubles and there's dysfunction in the home, don't leave that young man or that young lady just wandering. Don't let them just wander in the wilderness. Get a hold of them. Connect with them. You know, uh, pray with them. Notice when they're down. Notice when they're happy. If they do a good job, notice that. Compliment them. Build them. Edify them. Those are all connect points yeah. that you're making with them. Um, how are they doing in school? Are they hanging around the wrong crowd? Are they hanging around a good crowd? Did they go to the conference? Why didn't they go to the conference? Right. Are they hanging around with their backslidden cousin? Mm. Are they starting to sit on the back row with their arms folded? Are they disengaged and disinterested? Or are they getting up, you know, connecting and really not just hearing it and going through the motions, but are they really engaging? Pure religion. Yeah. So if you talk about it, he says this man who just talks, his religion is in vain. He's not connecting anything. He's just spouting words into the air. If any man doesn't bridle his tongue, he can't control himself. His religion is in vain. It's empty. It's not going to work. But if you'll take him and let him begin to do, let him begin to love people, let her get her involved in connecting, loving, singing, teaching, mentoring, making those connections. That is pure religion to re-ligament. Yeah, to edify the body. Yeah, to reconnect it. Was there ever a time in your life where maybe you didn't have it all together and somebody just positively affected you? Like they walked up to you and just said something that 
you needed to hear? Oh, yeah. Happens quite a I mean, it's still, I mean, I'm still, there are still times I need that, you know. And I think that's one thing to remember is that, you know, there might not always be a time where it's always going to be together and stay together. And I think that's important to be aware of even with your other brothers and sisters, you know, just because they have it together right now doesn't mean it would hurt to just go up and say a positive word of encouragement. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you something that a man can do, a woman can do. If you are wondering, what can I do for God? How can I be effective in church? Um, man, if the pastor would just let me preach, I could really straighten everybody out. <laughs> or I'm underappreciated here. They don't know how talented I am. I'm just getting offended because nobody sees how wonderful I am. <laughs> One of the greatest things you could do instead of that kind of thinking, grab five young people. Just grab them and spend time with them. You know, the, I'm talking about, I don't mean people with established families. You know, he's literally saying, grab the disenfranchised. Yeah. People forget this. This world is filled with separated people, broken people. Now, it may not be widows today. A lot of it today is single moms. Yeah. Or a foreigner. The Bible has a lot to say about the stranger and the foreigner. And in, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the, this, the statement was, you were once a foreigner. You were once an alien yeah. in a strange land. So you will always honor the foreigner and the alien. And you will be, you'll be kind to them. You will help them. So immigrants. Mm -hmm. People from minority groups. Young people, it doesn't even have to be young people. Sometimes it can just be people that just don't know. But bring them in, draw them close, love them. Give them a connection. Minister to them. This is all connecting them to the body. So one thing a person could do is grab five young disenfranchised kids, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, care about them. Pick them up for church. Take them home. Get them an ice cream on the way home. Uh, get, them a, get them a hamburger. If, if they don't have church clothes, you know, go to a little you know, discount place and get them a little jacket. Let them come to church. Let them get them involved. Care care about them not fake compassion but truly care yeah that would revolutionize people's lives i have a, i know a man and if you're watching this then and you know this man or you are this man this man greatly affected my life his name is Kerry rivers i talk about him periodically affectionately known as Brother Rivers. He had this old station wagon, and he would go to the trailer parks and would knock on doors and just get kids, just load them up. And parents didn't care. You know, single moms were overwhelmed. They just wanted to unload the kids for a couple hours and sleep, or sometimes they were inebriated. After a long Saturday night, 
but the rivers would pull up in that old station wagon, and I, I don't, I don't know what's a station wagon seat, eight, nine. I, I'm pretty sure I saw like twenty kids pile out of that <laughs> at different times. I'm almost positive it wasn't completely <laughs> DOT approved. But, <laughs> man, he just stacked them like plywood and brought them in. He impacted generations. I can point to people today serving God, beautiful families, and here they are coming from broken families, the fatherless, the widow, the single mom, because of the influence of a man who put his hand on him and said, I love you, I care, I'm proud of you. How's school going? You getting enough sleep? Are you hungry? I didn't see you at church. You didn't show up. What's up, man? Just that godly presence, that kindness, that charity, to watch them today and see these girls have husbands and have three, four kids. Yeah. Um, young men married to great young ladies. They're now they're in their thirties, mid thirties, and they're having children. They have successful jobs, and they're everywhere. So many people impacted by this. This connecting, loving, gracious man of God. Yeah. That's pure religion. So I, I, I believe that society's problems are our opportunities. In Absolutely. S- instead of bemoaning, you know, aggressive young men who don't have father figures, be the father figure. Yeah. Don't wait till they're 16 and surly and violent. Grab them when they're 8, 9, and 10. Put your arm around them and say, hey, let's go to church. Let's go play ball. Let's get a big group together. Let's go. Just the connecting points, just the involvement, just the camaraderie, just the community. Why do you think people go to gangs? That That's ligaments. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. You ever see young men just look for connections, even if it gets them in trouble? They'll hang around with, like, bad influences. They're connecting with the wrong things. Right. Oh, there's many, many times I've had to pull young men and say, don't hang around them. That's not going to help you. Yeah. They don't care about God. They don't serve God. And you, you can do better with the people you're hanging around. I had a father that told me, you will not hang around that person. You will not do this. And I had that influence in my life, that grounding, connecting influence of, of a parent. But there are many who don't. And I believe those are the church's biggest opportunities. How do you guys see it over at TDV? Are you seeing people come from broken backgrounds like that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The, <clears throat> the Hispanic culture has has um, definitely brings its own characteristics to the table, um, and there is a lot of brokenness, and there is um, a desire for the connection. And on the opposite end, you know, when they had, when they do have it right, the family in the Hispanic culture is very tight knit. Very tight knit. Strong ligaments. Strong, strong, strong. When they have it right, they have it right. Um, but even within that, you know, I've seen, you know, one family member bring another family member, you know, and that family member became ligament to the other family member. Mm-hmm. Brought him in, tied him into the bone, said, this is where it's at. Yeah. And I've seen whole, just whole families, distant, you know, not even, not even just the nuclear family, 
but um, just, you know, further relatives that are down the line, just pull them all together and be the connecting point to the church. And by bringing strong connections, bringing an already strong established unit like the family, they strengthen the church that much more. You know, they become a, a, a ligament ligament. You know, that doesn't exist scientifically, but it, I'm just making a point. It, it becomes very strong and it strengthens the church much, much more so. Okay, so Colossians 2, which is famous for, you know, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Yes. You are complete in him. Complete in him. Um, it goes on to talk about Jesus Christ on Calvary, shadows and types, um, the power of New Testament revelation. And it says, don't let anybody intrude into spiritual things if they are fleshly in their mind and if they don't hold the head in honor. And then it talks about the body. And it says, from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment ministered and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. Hmm. So there's this elasticity. You know, and, and ligaments, you know, it's not bone on bone. Right. So you're talking about cartilage. You're talking about, um, I know the ACL is a ligament that holds the, the upper bone to the lower bone in a cross shape, a cruciate. And then there's also a, um, a meniscus in between. It's kind of like a shock absorber. Yes. So that's what we're supposed to do. In between the, the strength of the bones in the body, there's supposed to be this this elasticity, this flex, this give. A joint can turn this way. There's got to be flexibility with people. Right. You can't be rigid with people. Absolutely. Well, you know, with rigidity, um, you know, if you, you know, people who, for instance, people who are stay still too long in the medical field, I've seen as a nurse, I've seen, you know, patients who have been in one position for too long. Mm. You know, they're not taken care of. Preach it, Brother Sam. And come on. What happens is is they, <laughs> they develop what's called contractures. Contractures. Yeah. And it's where they literally will begin to calcify in wow. that to that into that position. So much so that if it, they're there long enough, if you try to pull them, it will snap. It'll snap their tendons, it'll snap their bones. To all you calcified saints <laughs> locked into that same seat, yes. locked into that same pattern, angry at any little change that's made ever. Yeah, there's no flex. It breaks, breaks the body down. Wow. That's really, really good. So the joints and the bands, the Bible talks about nourishment. It says you're knit together and that you increase with the increase of God. There is a flex. There is a give. There's a take. There's a shock absorption. And the body is designed to work like that. Yeah. Stretch, man. Yoga. Give a little. <laughs> yeah. Give a little. Know when to push and know when to pull back. Know when to work with a situation. Right. You know, many times I've handed somebody $20 just so they could put gas in their tank so they could get to church. Well, that's your problem. Deal with it. Well, come on, man. We're a body. Breaking down. Yeah. Breaking down. I'm so rigid in my own ways. I'm rigid in my own thoughts. It's that way in marriage. There's give and take in a marriage. Absolutely. I knew a guy one time that he he there was no girl good enough for him. 
There's always something wrong with them. Well, she's not pretty enough. Ah, she's a little too heavy. She's a little too skinny. Why? Uh, she's got some bad habits. Eh, she's a little too self-willed. I mean, over and over and over. Well, I watched as the years went by. Years went by. Years went by. I'm getting a little long in the tooth. And, <laughs> and finally, I'm like, bro, when you finally meet her at 77. <laughs> You're going to have all two years with her. <laughs> I mean, what do you, there's got to be give, man. Yeah. And by the way, you ain't no big prize your own self. I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's got to be give and take with people. There's got to be compromises, not not in doctrine, not in truth, but in behavior, in choices. You know, yeah. meet, meet me halfway, and let's walk through life together. Let's let's flex together. Let's let's work as a body, right? Together. Okay, so probably one of the greatest illustrations of this is the is the day of Pentecost, which. You see it in the Old Testament in the Valley of Dry Bones. Ezekiel's vision of the Valley of Dry Bones is Pentecost. It is the day of Pentecost. It is where Israel has failed. It is completely a pile of bones. Everything is disconnected. Everything is disjointed. It is the failure. It is the graveyard. It is the, the pile of what used to be, the structure that used to exist, that is nothing like it should have been. It's a valley of dry bones, and it was Israel. But God would allow a man to prophesy to those bones, prophesy to Israel, prophesy to the winds. Mm. And when he prophesied to those bones, the bones began to come together, bone to his bone, Reconnected. God was putting back together what had been separated, and like like a pack of hyenas or or or, or coyotes, you know, when 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 they take a body, you know, if they if they catch you know a raccoon or if they catch a cat or or a a duck, they'll rip it to pieces. This is a very okay. This is off the subject just a little bit, but bear with me. I have two little dogs. Yeah. You have little dogs. Do you ever like get a little toy and they grab a hold of one side and you grab the other side and you pull? Oh, yeah. And they pull and you pull and they pull and they like to pull. Oh, yeah. You know, they grab a hold of a, you know, a rope or, or a rag or your pant cuff or something like that. And they just start yanking. They dig in and they just start pulling. You know what that is? You ever considered it? Pack behavior. It's instinct. That's what they do with carcasses. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. Here's this little three-pound <laughs> miniature coyote or this little wolf. Yes. That still has that instinct. So if it's the, if it's the body of a rabbit, one gets on one side, one gets on the other side. Three or four of them get a get a part, and they just start pulling. And if you don't pull, you don't eat. So they literally pull you apart. Mm. Satan is the ultimate predator. Yeah. His job is to pull apart the design, pull apart the structure, pull apart the body, separate you, separate you from your friends, separate you from your husband, separate you from your kids, walk out on your wife, 
be unfaithful to, to your spouse, the widow, the fatherless, kill you to break down the fabric of society. Yeah. That's the dry bones. That is the discarded mess. You ever seen the bones when, when, when the pack is done with them? It's just this bloody mess of, right. of you know, I don't want to get too graphic. It's just bad. It's a bad deal. <laughs> it's a mess. That's what sin it's does. When, when, when the devil gets done with your marriage, that's what's left. When the devil gets done with your teenager, that's what's left. When the devil gets done with your body in addiction and disease, there's nothing left but scattered remnants. God's word brings it back. The Bible said that bone came to its bone and then sinews formed. The connective tissues came back. The skin came back over them, and they stood up an exceeding great army. Then he prophesied to the wind, and that's when they lived. Son of man, can these bones live? Thou knowest, Lord. He was showing that the day of Pentecost would come, that Israel would stand again, and the bones and the ligaments would begin to work in concert and the body would live. That's the church. So all those broken people out there, those buses you're running, those vans that you're sending into those communities, those Bible studies that you're reaching, those are the bones. Those are the, those are the scattered remnants of, of somebody's marriage, of a grandmother that used to go to church, but the kids lost it. And if you can connect to them, if you can grab them, if you can put them back, if you'll prophesy and preach the word, if you'll pray until the Holy Ghost moves, that word, that Holy Ghost will assemble it back again. The widow will no longer be a widow. The fatherless will no longer be fatherless. The Bible says God taketh the solitary and he places them in a family. If my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. You may not have a father down here, but you have a father up there. And he will bring you into contact with other fathers so you can learn to be a father. And if you don't know how fathers operate, God can connect you to godly fathers so that you can relearn it and reattach the societal and the body's ligaments. And then you can hold it together. Hold it together. So for everybody out there that says, I got this bill, I got that, I got this problem, this person said this, I can't pay this, my health is breaking down, I'm just going to lose it all, I'm just going to give up. Don't. Hold it together. Let those bands and those joints nourish you. Let it, let, by that which every joint supplieth, let, let it increase with the increase of God. Come to church, get into the body, get into the flow. Let, let those other mothers in the church help you. Let yeah. Let those elders help you. Let other fathers help you learn to be a father. And if your dad didn't teach you how to be a father, at least he taught you how not to be a father. That's pure religion and undefiled. Any last thoughts? I have nothing. <laughs> You have the medical side. You know how to do it, man. Well, 
So it's a powerful metaphor. It's a powerful illustration to use the physical to highlight the spiritual. And it absolutely relates to ministry and what we do. So I think if young ministers get that. Yeah. As a young minister, I, I've, I feel like I should ask myself every day, am I, am what I doing today edifying the body or am I breaking down the body? Ultimately, am I making connections? Am I ensuring that the structure holds? Or am I am I tearing away? Yeah. Look at that young man over there. Let me let me just go check on him. Hey, you doing okay? Just that matters. Keep him connected to the body. Pure religion, undefiled. Go find the hurting, go find the scattered, bring them back in, and let's have a valley of dry bones re-ligamenting day of Pentecost. Amen. Okay. Well, that's it. That's all I have today. I'm, I'm actually flying out to Montana to preach a conference. Um, I will be back in a few days. Looking forward to this weekend. I know you are. And um, thank you for taking the time to bounce this around with me. Thank you for having me on. Until next time, guys, we're praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. God cause his face to shine upon you. Thank you.